my name is Steve Waldman. I'm the founder of Rebuild Local News. What inspired you to create Rebuild Local News? I had been uh, running an organization called Report for America, uh, that which I was the co-founder of, which was placing uh, journalists into local newsrooms to deal with the emerging crisis uh, in local news, the collapse of local news. And it's we placed 600 or more reporters into local newsrooms and subsidized them. But I just became convinced that philanthropy and business model improvements were not going to be enough, that we also needed to have public policy that helped address this crisis, that the crisis has gotten so big and so consequential that we needed to be looking at government help in various ways also. What is the mission of Rebuild Local News? So Rebuild Local News is specifically to develop public policies uh, to help save local news. Um, so it's certainly not the only piece of the puzzle. There are many yeah. other things that have to happen to uh, re revive and reinvent local news, but we do believe that public policy is, a, is an important piece of the puzzle. For reporters, how important is a tool like empathy? Well, I think it's the kind of the heart of being a good reporter is empathy and listening. Um, you know, I think part of why trust in local news has eroded is the perception, sometimes real, sometimes not, that reporters don't listen, you know, that they are are kind of parachuting in or they have a, a, an angle that they're, they're pursuing. And so good journalism is all about, I think, intellectual honesty and empathy combined, um, you know, to try to get toward the truth. Then when I was doing my research, I, I heard, I saw a lot of different terms with what's going on with local news. Can you tell me uh, what is a news desert? Yeah, so the basic the basic story here is the internet broke the business model for local news. Uh, the advertisers that were going to local newspapers basically left. And this started really a while ago with, you know, sites like, you know, monster.com and Craigslist and Auto Trader, you know, things that were the classified sections of newspapers. And then it accelerated with Google and Facebook, all the advertising donors. So that's like in a pure business, you know, sense, that's really the heart of it. There are other factors as well, but that's really it. So what it's led to is thousands, literally thousands of newspapers have shut. Like there's about 3,000 newspapers have shut down in the last two decades. And then there's thousands more communities that are basically very underserved. Like they have a tiny fraction of what uh, they used to have. So news desert is usually the term that is used for an area that has either no local news at all or very little. And there's different definitions, but that's basically what it means is an area that, that has very little uh, reporting about the community. And then uh, recently, the Knight Foundation held a conference and talked a lot about Press Forward and other initiatives. Are you with 
everyone talking about that. Are you uh, optimistic about the future of local news? Well, it is it is kind of a classic best of worst best of times worst of times uh, scenario. Like there is an incredible amount of innovation going on, and I wouldn't have said that five years ago. Like it's it's a absolute blossoming of new websites and projects and creative ways of trying to serve communities that are actually much better than what we'd had, you know, in the good old days. Uh, on the other hand, the speed of the collapse is breathtaking and the speed of the innovations and the new things, it's not keeping up. So uh, you have many, many situations where local newspapers will close and nothing replaces it. So even though, you know, numerically, there's probably about 400 or more, more new interesting local news organizations, they tend to not be in the areas where the newspapers are closing. So you have uh, this encouraging phenomenon of, of real innovation and young people who are wanting to go in and be local reporters and on, social entrepreneurs that are trying to come up with new ways uh, on the one hand, and then this tidal wave of kind of carnage of the the traditional newspaper and local news businesses that have left you know vast parts of the country really undercovered what is it like for you to see young people evolve local news reporting it's exciting you know it's sort of it gives you hope that you know they'll figure it out like they already are figuring it out and it's also you know it, given the difficulties in getting jobs the fact that so many people still want to become local reporters is really exciting and they view it with a really great spirit like when i was coming into the profession a lot of if you ask people why do you want to do this it would be a kind of woodward and bernstein motivation right it would be about accountability reporting holding holding power to account and that's definitely still part of it. But there's a broader understanding on the part of younger journalists that part of the purpose of community journalism is actually helping the community. Uh, that, that That's actually part of your job is to serve the community. And at Report for America, we always, when we would initiate a new class of core members, we would say, you know, local news is a public service profession, or at least it ought to be. And you should think of it that way. And obviously not all news organizations thought of it that way and that's one of the things that has to shift but there is that that spirit and it does change the way you look at one's job you talked about policy what has the response been on capitol hill to save local news well it's slowly growing i mean at first you know people didn't even really know what you were talking about like the, what's the what's the crisis that you're talking about but you know, through either some combination of our working at it, but more importantly, unfortunately, just the continued collapse of local news is just pretty hard to ignore at this point. There's much more of an understanding of the problem. Now, the question of what the government can do about it is harder. You know, it's not an obvious thing. Like people are very concerned as appropriately about getting the government involved in helping local news. Uh, as are we like it's a very legitimate concern to raise our view is like we've we've had government involved in the media industry forever um so it's not exactly a new thing and the question is not so much 
should the government be involved, but how? Like there are ways of doing this that are neutral and don't lead to favoritism and don't undermine the independence of the press. And there are other ways where it causes problems. And so we have to, you know, be really, really attentive to that and smart about it. And I think as long as you, as long as you do that, people are very interested in it, much more interested now than even two years ago. Uh, and, and as I said, I think that's really has to do with the, 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 the speed and severity of the collapse. You know, the, the most recent report from Medill about news deserts said two and a half newspapers close on average each week. Previous mm -hmm. year, it was two newspapers a week. So the, the problem is actually getting worse. And so, and people are starting to realize that this is, the consequences are very broad. Like you have, it's all this evidence now is that if you don't have local news, you have more corruption, you have lower civic participation, you have more pollution, you have worse bond ratings. But it all, it goes beyond that to you also have more polarization and more misinformation, more fragmentation of communities and people misunderstanding each other. So, uh, you know, people are understanding that a lot of the issues we talk about in terms of the fraying of civic life actually are connected to the contraction of local news. And with all this going on, this uncertainty, it, it, you know, that's pretty stressful. But what do you do to help your own mental health? Oh, that's a good question. I was talking about this with my wife that I am currently lacking, you know, a fantasy, a fantasy baseball team or a, you know, crafting hobby uh, that I have had at various points in my life. I took harmonica lessons during COVID and that was great. I need to pick that up again because uh, I've, I've, I'm, I'm a lapsed harmonica player. Um, you know, honestly, this is going to sound weird and very nerdy, but what really relaxes me and makes me, you know, uh, deal with things like this is writing. Like that's actually my happy place is when I can just write almost any, like whether it's work writing or something that's more, you know, personal, that's actually kind of my, my happy place. I agree. I know very weird to people because for a lot of people, it's like writing is incredibly stressful. So what are some of the things that motivate you? You know, I just, I, I want to like be useful and want to have an impact to help solve, you know, problems. And this is a big one. You know, it's like, uh, this is a really, really important thing. And so it just keeps me and others going is like the stakes are actually very high. Not that we're the only ones working on this, but, you know, the consequences of, of this are really significant. And and the need for solutions is is very dire. And so that keeps me motivated. I mean, it's like, you know, there's always double edge to that, right? It's like it's quite stressful to take on <laughs> that kind of uh, sense of urgency uh, and that you, what you're doing is is really important. But on the other hand, it's very gratifying too to feel like you're working on something important. Where do you want to see rebuild local news in the next three to five years? Well, in some ways, I'd like to see us be obsolete. Like, it, you know, the the uh, I would like to see, in addition to the you know improved business models, better storytelling and journalism, more philanthropy, some public policy passed 
on the congressional level and state legislatures. There will always be a public policy need, um, but hopefully we will have enough things actually enacted into law that we can move more into like implementation, helping the laws be implemented well. But, you know, a couple of years ago, two years ago, the House of Representatives passed a really good proposal called an employment tax credit. It was basically a subsidy for news organizations to hire and retain local reporters. Of all the ideas out there, that's probably the best one, the one that would have the most impact. It passed the House of Representatives and came within a couple of votes in the U.S. Senate. That would have been a really transformative thing. So if we can get something like that passed by the Congress in the next few years and then couple that with some real progress on state legislatures, uh, we that would be uh, great. How can people reach out and learn more? Well, my, my email is uh, Steve Waldman at rebuildlocalnews.org. And the website is rebuildlocalnews.org. And absolutely, please reach out. And we would love to have you as part of this movement.